Hey, Grace. Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back Back to to the the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace, and this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as the best times. To all our first-time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back. Guys, we're back. We have another guest today joining us via the Zoom. Yes, we're loving this Zoom thing because, well, one, as we said, everyone's obviously home. And two, it makes it really quick and easy to interview people where everyone just gets to stay home in their sweats if they want. Especially, it's really led us to, like today we're going to be interviewing Curtis Anderson and he's up in Portland. This wouldn't have happened if we didn't figure out how to Zoom. I know. It was perfect. And we even joked with Curtis how many times we wanted to interview guests this way and just never got around to it. But now we have it totally figured out. Uh, You guys definitely know him from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Winning London. Just, he had so many great stories and I can't wait for you all to hear them. Oh my God, he had such great stories. He had a sweaty, shiny head in Pearl Harbor, which you'll realize when you listen to the episode. And he was just really, really great and had such great stories to say and great things about the stuff he's been in. We think you guys are going to love this interview so much. Yeah, and enough of us talking about the interview. Let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Here it is. Enjoy. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. Nice to meet you, uh, Grace and David. Nice, nice to, to meet you. you. I apologize if there's too much light coming in from behind me. I tried closing the uh, the blinds, but uh, ended up making it look like I was in a cave. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic of podcasts. <laughs> right? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for asking me to be on. This is great. Oh my God, thank you for coming on. This is, seems like it's so easy because everyone's either bored and has time to do this stuff and everyone's home anyway. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is good stuff. It's good stuff. I know, we always joked that we needed to learn how to do podcasts online and it took a pandemic for us. <laughs> <laughs> we really tried. We were like, we should learn that. Like we should learn the Skype way or just with something and we never got around to it. And now it's all that we can do. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, uh, back before podcasts were like podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, we were experimenting with, with, uh, this kind of stuff in the Skype garage band hybrid that was the thing to do, right? So you'd be on Skype so you could communicate, but you'd be recording your side on GarageBand, <laughs> and then the other person's doing their side. So you're doing a lot of clapping to make sure you're starting at the same time, and mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, modern technology is way better. Else <laughs> We've come going, a long way. way yeah, yeah. We're, you're up in Portland, is that right? Portland, yeah, yeah, east side of Portland. Uh, another gorgeous day, actually. It's been a really great spring. Um, okay. Naturally, it's a really great spring when we can't really go out and do anything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. Have too they bad. made it so you have to wear masks all the time now there, or not yet? Not yet, but um, I mean, a lot of the Portland stereotypes that you think of are, are pretty much true. I, I like to say that Portlandia was not a uh, was not a comedy show; it was a documentary. 
people just didn't realize it. Um, <laughs> and, and so a lot of people are, are voluntarily doing that anyway. And there's a lot oh. of conscious, like, let's keep everything clean and everything like that, except for teenagers. But um, I think <laughs> no matter what, so. Yeah. yeah. Are you from up there? Not at all. No, <laughs> I was actually born in Fort Wayne, Indiana and lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the first like seven years of my life. And um, then my family moved to California in 1985. And, um, and, uh, and I lived in California from 85 until 2017. So it was, it was a good long, good, good long run. It was the, yeah, 32 years in, in SoCal. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you come back yeah. and visit ever? You know, we we have all of our family is that's not true. Almost all of our family is still in Southern California in the Anaheim, like round Disneyland, North Orange County kind of area. Okay. And so, um, you know, our parents are down there, and and uh, uh, my wife and I we like to go down every once in a while. But we've got we've got a dog named Arlo, and Arlo's great, Aww. but Arlo hates the car. And he's got to travel with us. So, um, so if we're going to do a big trip, we have to make sure that we're going for something. It's got to, it's got to be more than just, Hey, we're going to come by and see you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we got to know that we're staying for a while because he needs a couple days just to kind of settle in. So it's more than a week. We got to be going for more than a week. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then we've got to know that we've, we've, are going to be doing things where he can go for the most part, just because we, we like having him around and, and yeah. uh, tear anything up. So yeah. yeah. So we don't go <laughs> dog, as often. Yeah. My dogs got car sick one time and I was like, Oh no, is this going to become a constant problem? But then I realized I was picking my mom up from LAX and that uh -huh. airport, you just make a loop until you're uh -huh. waiting for people to get off. And I was like, Oh my God, she got car sick. But I think it was because I was driving in a circle for like 10 minutes, cause she's never done it before, but right. I always worry about that. Like if the car is gonna make her sick at all. Yeah, no, yeah, car sick, man. It's an LAX, my God. Oh. There is just, there is not a deeper level of hell than it's having awful. to go to LAX. And it, it was bad awful. before, but I feel like it's gotten worse. And the crazy thing is they, they've tried to make it better. Yeah. Like they've tried with the whole Uber and Lyft thing. They put them in a new spot, but it's not help. It's not working at all. Yeah. It's like they need to shut it down for like two months straight and just do whatever they're going to do. Tear yeah. up whatever roads you're going to tear up, put in whatever bridges you're going to put in, fix the terminals, <laughs> do whatever you need to do. You got, you got eight weeks. We're going to give you eight weeks. We're just shutting it down and, uh, and, then, and, then, it's, and then make it work. <laughs> They should honestly do it now. They have time now. Unless Real, right? Uh, we've, yeah. got, uh, we've got friends that are flight attendants, and I was seeing one of them on, on Facebook today, and she was in LAX. They were doing a turnaround trip to Colorado just because they have to. So, um, uh, but the pictures of LAX it looked like a horror movie. It was just empty, empty. Oh. empty. The only people there were crew members. That was it. And so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's wild. It is so weird. Like the pictures of people on flights and it's just them and maybe two other people in the whole thing. It's insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, oh, this was supposed to be a really big travel year um, because uh, uh, I imagine it's one of the things we'll talk about. I, I'm a partner <laughs> in a new toy company called Pandemony Toys and 
we released a line of action figures last year and, and we're doing the basically the promotional tour this year. So it was lots of comic cons and, and uh, industry events and, and uh, kids screen for like the animation and all that. And uh, everything was going real well <laughs> for January and February. And then, and then uh, COVID came in. And so, uh, so all the travel that I thought I was going to be doing this year is suddenly just gone. Um, and there was a reason I brought that up and now I can't, Oh, oh, I remember. Okay. So um, as, as things started shutting down and I was, you know, getting back from wherever I was at before, like those restrictions really came in, you just saw that flights were either packed, 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 packed with people trying to get back to wherever they were, or they were like half full and they were just kind of going. And then I got home um, and like the next day, a buddy of mine was going back to New York and, uh, and he took a picture and it was him and two other people on the flight. And that was it. And that, that is wild. It. Yeah. And it was like, it was 24 hours where it was just, I'm on a packed flight. I got people between me. I got everything going on. And then he had a oh, 747 to himself. And it was just <laughs> wild. Just wild how fast that turned around. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're less likely to get it if there's no one on your plane. So... <laughs> All that I was like there and everything, like between Legionnaires' yeah. disease and uh, and tuberculosis and and whatever. Like, if it's airborne, that's a problem. If it's aspirate, yes. it's a problem. It's it's. <laughs> I just feel like yeah, I don't want. No one really sick. knows. No, yeah, no one knows. Don't don't get me sick. I just yeah. I know we're all just trying to make it through every day at this point. <laughs> right. It's so bad. It's, it's awful, but <laughs> have you been going like stir crazy at all yet? No, I'm pretty fortunate. I, I, uh, I work from home for the most part when I'm not oh, you know, on a set or something or traveling. So I've got my office here. Um, I, I feel terrible too. I, <laughs> so I've been doing Zoom meetings or some kind of, of telecommunication for the last eight, 10 years. Um, and, uh, uh, never really worried about like what was in the background or anything like that because you know it's just it's me and the people I'm working with or consulting with or whatever and it's always like doing the business doing the business all right great um and I usually keep a wall clear to do self-tapes for auditions or or you know if you're gonna do a YouTube thing or whatever so there's a content wall and that way, <laughs> if I need to, I can just, I can grab the color, I can key it out, I can put up a background, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then all of a sudden, this becomes the norm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh. And so I have friends, I have colleagues, and they were all teasing me. They're like, you got a white wall. I'm like, you don't understand. Everything is in front of me. Because I want to see it while I'm looking at it. So I got all this art on my walls over here. And so it, <laughs> eventually, we just put up a couple things. Just so it doesn't look completely empty. <laughs> well, Curtis, you're not alone because David and I film videos at a wall in my apartment and we have, it's a really long wall and like the living side, it's got artwork and there's stuff that we bought to put up and then it's just white. Like there's nothing there right. and we've yet to put anything there. So we're in the same boat as you. I get it. We did one at my apartment and somebody commented on it and was like, why does it look like you just moved into this apartment? And I was like, I've been here for over a year. 
<laughs> you just lie. You're like, oh, yeah, no, I just, just last week, just moved in. <laughs> oh, damn. I really thought I would, I got it all together. You're right. You're right. I can really get this going. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Where are you guys at? Uh, North Hollywood. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice. We live yeah. very close to each other, like a couple streets away. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. If we were, we were really debating whether or not to stay in California when we decided to move. Um, and uh, North Hollywood was, was one of the spots where we were checking places out. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice up there. There are a lot of good places up there. Good stuff. I love it. Good stuff. It's like close enough to everything as well. So you don't yeah. feel like you're too out there, mm -hmm. but it's also not in the city. So it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the commute was killing me after oh. 30 years of living. Cause I never really liked living in LA. Like being in LA was never great for my mental health. Um, mm -hmm. Cause you know, especially when I was working a lot, um, being around the industry all the time and people and the hustle and blah, 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 without being able to turn it off. It's just ugh, bad, bad things happen. So yeah. I lived in Orange County for uh, just about the entirety of the time that, that I was in, in California. And uh, I got really used to the commute mm -hmm. because, you know, if you live in La Brea, it's going to take you two hours to get to Universal. Uh, but if yeah. I live in, if I live in, Anaheim, it's going to take me two hours to get to Universal. So it's, it's you know, either or. Uh, the difference is I know it's going to take me this amount of time. You think it's only going to take you 20 minutes. So, um, so I got used to the commute, but after 30 years of doing it, it was, it was, it was too much. Yeah. Too much. And now I take the train or the bus or I can walk uh. and I of the places I want to go. It's, it's like being in New York without the cost. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's so nice. I, I'm from I'm from like the Philadelphia area and I miss mm. trains so mm. much. We used to take yeah. trains everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Definitely. lucky. That's such a great, that's a great perk of anywhere. If it, if it has like a good transportation system, I'm there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Orange County is really nice though. I like Orange County. Yeah, I'm, I'm a North County guy. I like, I like, uh, there's still some, there's still some character there. You know, you got older cities like like Fullerton and, and uh, Santa Ana, and they've got some really neat art scenes going on. Um, my, my family has lived in Brea, which is right at the tip of North Orange County. Um, it's kind of a nothing city. Like it, it's got a mall. That's like its thing. It's got a mall and a high school. That's, that's the deal. It's not a small town by any means, but it's certainly not known, it's not known for anything. It's a better community. Um, but, uh, but it was cool. Like, you know, <laughs> near kid. Yeah. And, and near everything, you know, you can go to the beach, you can go to the whatever. Uh, South County gets a little crazy though. Uh, just too much tan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, I guess, should we get into asking about your career and all this? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, so you had commute, did you always know like that you wanted to be in the entertainment industry? Yeah, it started pretty early for me. Um, uh, my parents tell me stories about me being a kid before I was actually able to talk, telling <laughs> stories and like baby gibberish and things like that. Um, and then I started doing like school theater and local theater in Milwaukee really early. 
really early. My first role was when I was five. So, I, uh, and, and I was the black sheep in Baba Black Sheep. So, you know, like oh. heavy stuff, heavy stuff. Um, heavy. Um, uh, but yeah, so right from then, it was, it was a pretty, pretty early bite uh, for me. And when we moved to California in 85, um, because we were in California and my parents were like, well, you kind of like doing this thing and we're in California now. So if we're going to do it, this is the place to do it. And I was like, look, do it. So we <laughs> uh, started doing musical theater in, uh, at first uh, and then got an agent about a year later and, uh, and then went on my first audition for uh, the voice of Schroeder for the Peanuts cartoons. Oh, yeah. So uh, I did. Uh, uh, it got. Uh, so I was the voice of Schroeder for a few years uh, for the MetLife commercials and a couple of the animations and, and a stage show. Um, and uh, and it just you know you get you get a couple things cool early and it makes it really hard to want to do anything else. And so yeah, so it it, it was it was an early thing for me and it's always been. Uh, how I primarily make my money is somehow in the entertainment industry. Nice. Yeah. That's a really cool first gig. Yeah, it was a pretty cool gig. It was a pretty <laughs> cool gig. Like everyone knows who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where um, uh, the Lee Mendelssohn Productions, which is the production company that, you know, did all the animation and all that stuff. It, it was a family business. So it wasn't just Lee who was the producer and, and director of everything, but his daughter who I got to know really well and, uh, and the rest of the family. And, and it, was, um, it was a really great first experience to have. I've been very, very fortunate in general in that my Hollywood life has not been tumultuous or scandalous or, I mean, sure, there's been scandal, but like, my own fault. Um, and, and never a time when there's been, you know, <laughs> drugs and drinking were never a problem. Um, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting chased around a set or anything. And, and like, even my horror stories are more funny than terrible. So it's, it's been a pretty easy ride for me. That's great though. Cause it can, so it can go the other way, unfortunately yeah. for some people. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we had we saw that you were in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Yeah. Were you ever a fan of the original show? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. So that was a Saturday morning watch for me, easy. And then um, when so, just to put it in context, so Saved by the Bell was doing fine on its syndication rerun. You know, everybody every weekend, all the time, plenty of episodes, just running that thing, running that thing, running that thing. But then Star Trek: The Next Generation comes out, right? And so everybody's like, a legacy show. And it worked. And it's a hit. And it's syndicated. We can do this with all of our programs. So um, the next thing you know, there were um, many you didn't see. But there were a whole bunch of shows that were basically just the next generationized of, of whatever the program was. And the oh. script that I ever saw for Saved by the Bell, the new class, was Saved by the Bell, the next generation. So um, it was, I mean, obviously it was changed very early um, and it never went out that way, but like that's, that's where we were at the time. And so uh, I, I originally auditioned to be one of the main characters for that show um, and, uh, and, and didn't end up getting it. Um, but, uh, 
but fortunately they liked me enough to bring me back and uh and uh put me in a pair of glasses and and uh, <laughs> cut my hair a little bit so, uh, so yeah so it was it was pretty neat to to know that you were going in for this new version of saved by the bell and it was gonna happen yeah. it was gonna they were really gonna push it it was gonna be a big new show it was like yeah and at the time when they were talking about it like you know pay rate i was i was a what, 12 or 13 years old 14 I don't remember. It was early. Um, and uh, uh, I remember hearing the per week and it was a, like a couple thousand dollars per week per episode. And it was like, that's amazing. I'm gonna- <laughs> it's fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty exciting. Oh my God. I can't imagine being a kid and I would be like, you're going to give me money at all. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Filmed in front of an audience. Yes. 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 So, uh, what that uh, that show in particular had ran very much like um, like a bigger sitcom would for uh, for any major network, where you'd go in and you'd rehearse for a couple days, and you'd do a run through for the network to get any final notes uh, on the set, and then they do uh, something called camera blocking, which is where you kind of just set up the scene and they with a show like that, it's three or four different cameras set up so that they can get all the angles at the same time. And uh, so you do a camera blocking to make sure the cameras know where they're supposed to be and the director can kind of do a, basically like fiddle out how he's gonna call it. And then, uh, and then yeah, there'd be the shooting day. And so Friday would come and they'd bus in a whole bunch of kids and, uh, and their families and you'd go out and do the show and, and record it like a, like a play, except every once in a while they'd stop and go back and do it again. <laughs> I guess if you started in theater, was that a big deal since you were used to an audience? Yeah, it, well, it's always nice getting that feedback of a live audience. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm not sure if you've noticed from our conversation so far, but I've got something that, uh, that directors have, have called Liza Minnelli disease, where <laughs> get a little expressive, and things get things get a little big, and so so when, when you're doing a live show like that, it's very easy to kind of take the energy <laughs> the audience is giving you, and then all of a sudden, it's blah, <laughs> so um, so yeah, it was it was always fun to do to do that kind of show and 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 that kind of thing. Um, I know it's hard to find on I don't know if if it is on IMDb, but but uh, the nerd that I played. Uh, actually had a name. He was Kirby. Uh, Kirby was kind of the first time that I got known for making faces and falling down. Oh. For a long time, my career was ah! and then fall. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of like, and, and it all kind of got born out of that. It's a live audience. There's a lot of energy going on. And, and if you need somebody to make that mug face right before we do something else, we can cut to Curtis and, and we know we got that mug face. It's good to go. <laughs> Became your shtick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that worked out for me for a really long time. For a really long time. That was, it wasn't until, you know, <laughs> I played 16 until I was 26. So when that, when that flip over happened, man, that was, that was a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, no, no. Because <laughs> how old were you? Um... Sabrina's like one of our all-time favorite shows. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, when you started that show? Uh, I was 19 in, in season one. 
Okay. So I was in my early, yeah, like 19 to 22. So, um, so that was, that was in that, that there. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a good time. That was a good, oh. that was a good show to turn 21 on. But um, <laughs> yeah, there, I won't, I won't uh, call anybody out, but we had, a, we had some fun. We had, we had some, good, <laughs> we had some good times. There was one particular cast party in Las Vegas that I don't remember a whole lot of. And so I know mm-hmm. we had a good, good, uh, good event. That's a good thing. <laughs> a solid sign that you had a good time. <laughs> was ever, was the cast nice from Sabrina? Was everyone pretty much like really easy to work with? Yeah, um, this is this is one of those things where I don't have to lie. I don't have to massage the truth at all. Um, it's uh, the cast and crew of Sabrina the Teenage Witch is by far one of the friendliest I've ever worked on. Um, and uh, the fact that we still talk to each other, like maybe not everybody, Aww. but we had that uh, reunion um, back in, in, oh God, was that late January? this year, you know, that we had the reunion. And, yeah. um, and I hadn't seen some of those people for 20 years and it was like no time had passed. It was, it was a really, really good group of people. And, you know, um, I wasn't on a tremendous amount of that show, but, um, but every time I came back to guest star on that show, it, it, uh, it was always very inviting and everybody, everybody you know, wasn't like they were pretending not to know you, you know, it, it was just, it was always good to see everybody and, and it, it, yeah. And, and it's really nice that some of those friendships continue on today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, you can't say that. A lot of times when you do a show or a theater or especially films, you have this really intense family feeling for whatever time there is that you're doing it and then poof, to the four winds mm. and it breaks away. But not not with Sabrina. It's it's I can't say it's unique to that show, but of all the shows I personally have worked on, that's the one where you know I can still be like, "What's up, Nate? What's up, Jenna? What's up, Melissa?" And 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 Aww. it's all cool. It's all yeah. It's really cool. That's so nice, especially as people who are fa- like that's just great to hear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is one of those times where you can actually like meet your heroes, and it's not terrible. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh God, when you, and you're like, that's what you're like? <laughs> it would take a whole different turn if I was just like, yeah, Melissa, it was, uh, she just got by your toenails. And, uh, I don't even know what we would do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very fortunate that, uh, that everybody involved is actually pretty cool. So yeah. Awesome. Do you have like a favorite memory or favorite episode from working on Sabrina? I've got quite a few, actually. There was, uh, my favorite episode by far is Salem the Boy, just because got possessed by the cat, got to, got to do a bunch of stuff with Nick Mackay and, and, and uh, Martin Mull, and, and you know, it's, it's a lot of Gordy in that episode. I, I'm not gonna lie, there's, there's vanity there too. I just, <laughs> I a lot of that episode. Um, but one of my favorite memories on the show is, uh, uh, is Suspicious Minds. Um, when, when Gordy and, for, for the listeners, uh, when uh, Gordy and, and Sabrina were married for a class project and things just went very, very poorly for Gordy the entire time. And um, there's that monologue at the end that, that I did through the glass 
yelling at Sabrina because she ditched me and all that stuff. So as written, it was like three lines, you know, it was three lines yelling at her, what it is. We did a couple takes and we had it, right? And then they let me do it one more time. And I went off on a five minute rant <laughs> about <laughs> how she was leaving me and uh, I, I've been giving and giving and giving and all you do is take and, and just this <laughs> five minute rant about about how terrible our marriage was and all of that and uh you have the sound guys they started laughing and then you got the camera crew starting to laugh and and uh and they just kept letting me go and did cover <laughs> call cut and uh and then the in the final episode it was sections of that monologue that actually got used for oh. the so it was it that that was pretty cool that was that's pretty, so cool yeah yeah, 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 I love that they just let you go too. They were like, "He's on a roll." <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish that the clip existed somewhere. I mean, I know somewhere somebody's got it on a drive that's collecting dust in the back of the balls. <laughs> but like, I want that five minutes just to be like, "Funk, there we go." Kind of hold up. It was really funny at the moment. I don't know if it'll hold up anymore, but my memory of it is that it absolutely would, and I should broadcast it probably on TikTok. So, um, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that was another thing that was really great about the show too was that the you know you always want to do something as written. Um, you know you don't want to you don't want to disrespect the writer by just being like, no, we're going to make it up. But um, but they were always really open to having a conversation if there was something. Mm. That there, there was in Geek Like Me, there was Sabrina's line, well, stab me in the pro, stab me in the back with a protractor, why don't you? And I remember there were like discussions about whether or not protractor was funny enough and being able to kind of weigh in on, on you know, like, no, this protractor's funny. Let's stick with protractor, it's funny, um, was, was really nice. And that's not something, you know, you necessarily get to do unless either you're a really big celebrity or, you know, uh, you just have a solid working relationship. So yeah, it was, I can't say enough nice things about being on that show. I had a really oh. great experience and they are all really great people. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That just like reassures everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I'm sure somebody's got a nightmare story. I'm sure, you know, I know there must be bad things that happen behind the scenes or somebody got fired for something, but uh, it wasn't going on while I was there. And so... <laughs> never happened then. <laughs> Therefore, it was perfect. Exactly. That's so great to hear. So those were two sitcoms. And then like you were in things, like you were in a few episodes of Seventh Heaven. Was that like a huge shift to go from the sitcom format to an hour long? Yes and no. Um, like, uh, technically wise, it was, you know, it's, it's a single camera show, so it's more like filming a movie, so there's a lot more hurry up and wait and da da da. But as far as the actual performing of it, um, this that was like peak make faces and fall down for me um, because the, uh, the character originally was, uh, son's boss at a burger joint and so getting to be like peak over the top crazy uh, boss uh, that 
that was, you know, that I got to put Liza on full display. It was, <laughs> it was good to go. Um, and then in the, the second and third episodes around um, different character, but, but uh, just being behind. So Jessica Biel quits her jobs and is going to the movies to make her family think that, that she's still going to school or whatever. I actually forgot what the details were, but um, I was the ticket taker for her. And there was this recurring thing where she'd come get the ticket to come get the ticket. And that was, that was probably the biggest thing because I didn't get to make faces for that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that one got to be stoic and da, da, da. so, so in seventh heaven, you can see both sides, both stoic and just insane. Uh, depending on what season you're watching. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah, it works out. It works out. But yeah, technically it's, you know, it's more sitting than anything. We're both huge Seventh Heaven fans as well. We also just have to ask about winning London. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that Dave and I are like, oh, my, oh, we love that. We love that. We love that. So winning London, that was, that was a... Uh, that was a really, I don't want this to sound bad because it's not bad, but it was a really unique experience. The okay. The phenomenon that was the Olsen twins and their media empire was insane in kind of the coolest ways that this business can be insane. Mm. Make no mistake, those girls were not just puppets that were showing up. They were straight up involved in every aspect of what was going on and so to see a couple 14 year olds like actually being moguls it was was kind of kind of cool to see but at the same time it's also like you're 14 you you don't have to be an adult yet but man you're adulting hard right now <laughs> um and mary kate was like you could tell that she was on the director track like she was paying attention she was looking at cameras and scene setups she was really into it um that was also a really weird casting thing too because uh there's there's like a an acknowledged pattern to auditions you you get the call you have an audition you go maybe do a first audition where you just read for one person and maybe they put you on tape and then there's a call back where maybe you meet with the director or the producers and then you find out if you got the got the thing but this was like a, kind of a late night audition. Um, it, mm. it was kind of late in the day. And uh, I remember going in and driving up to the building where the casting office was, and it was getting dark already. And, uh, and going in and already the director is there. So right away, like, here's the director. Oh, hey, what's up? All right, wasn't prepared for that. Very good, let's do it. The instructions were, needs to have an accent not british that was that was it that was the whole thing mm. and so um knowing that it was going to be for a model un and thinking well the fair-haired blue-eyed guy is probably going to be scandinavian did <laughs> like scandinavian straight up accent they're like yeah it works all right cool so kind of got hired fast but then got a call the next day and they were like, okay, so not a recognizable accent. And I was like, okay. And so the, the, 
final accent that you hear in the show is my version of an accent that cannot be placed in any country. <laughs> why it kind of drifts from Swedish chef to maybe like Western, uh, Western Russia to like maybe a hint of Southern France. I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> the goal is to try to make it so that no matter what you heard, you maybe recognize it from something that you probably shouldn't recognize it from. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was a unique experience, but, uh, uh, but again, a lot of fun. Um, all of us that were, uh, delegates that, that weren't, you know, Mary Kate and Ashley, uh, we hung out a lot on that set because we were right in the middle of LA. There's the building that everything was shot in is really famous. The stairs are used in a whole lot of movies and music videos. And even, uh, uh, even recently, like I see Kendrick Lamar videos that are happening in there still. So, um, uh, so we were just kind of hanging out and there are lots of open rooms and empty rooms. So that was one of those where you were, you know, had, uh, some quick friendships, hanging out real tight, see people around uh, LA for a few years afterward. And, and uh, it was just, it was really nice. It was really nice. Oh, good. It's been a really long time since I thought about this, actually. I apologize. <laughs> I'm kind of drifting off into, into ramble land because, man, that was 20 something years ago now. So <laughs> that's <laughs> like, I haven't talked to Rachel in a really long time. That's <laughs> That's funny about the accent. I'm not gonna lie. I did rewatch Winning London about two days ago after we. You know, <laughs> and the first time you went, I was like, "Is he? Is that an accent?" <laughs> right, right. Like, I take I take full responsibility that it is not a good accent. I love um, uh, I will say it for you. It's not a good accent, um, but it satisfied the requirement. <laughs> hey, that's all. That's the most important thing. The C equals degree. So yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was the scene where like you dance with one of the Olsen twins. Yes, that was Ashley. Okay. Um, <laughs> David, I was dancing with Ashley. No <laughs> <laughs> part in any of their yeah. movies. I feel like we need a spinoff of Winning London about your character and where he grew up and how the like where he's lived. It'll be like the new, it'll be uh, Perfect Strangers, The Next Generation. And that's a tag. And that's perfect. <laughs> Who do we know? We got to get someone I'm... to produce this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're in North Hollywood. Everybody's on lockdown. Just open your window and yell out the idea and see who calls back. <laughs> Honestly, we're like. An independent producer out there somewhere who's just a window away. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> And they can't not answer. We know they're home. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> can't hide. So then we saw that you, you were in Pearl Harbor. Was that the first movie that you had ever been a part of? No, but it was definitely the biggest. And it's, it's the biggest movie I've ever been in with the smallest part. Um, and, you know, I, of course, I don't want to be like, mm, small part. That, that's not the thing. It's just the, the contrast of how many people saw my big sweaty head for 15 seconds and can recognize me from frickin' Pearl Harbor from that moment. Like, there isn't, 
there's not a lot of me in that movie. So I have this whole scene with Dan Aykroyd that, that uh, where we talk about, you know, the bombs are coming and I'm new on the job and it's my first day and I'm decoding, blah, 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 you know, very, oh, very actor. Um, and uh, all of it, gone, 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 gone. So, you know, I was really happy to be a part of that movie. I, I really enjoy, you know, I, I have no qualms about that movie. I am shocked, shocked every time somebody says, hey, you're in Pearl Harbor. It's like, really? <laughs> really? You're and, like, I was? <laughs> but, like, but like, I guess the, the vanity side of me is like, damn, I guess my sweaty head really made an impression. Clearly. Sweaty face. Like, yeah. Imprinted on the psyche that, that, that of all, I was on a major network television show for three years. <laughs> I got passed around like a joint to popular shows all through the 90s that are on major syndication and rerun right now. But that 15 seconds, that's the one. That's <laughs> that sweaty head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it. But it's just, it's just, it just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. So yeah. It must just be that big of a movie that... Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a... It's, it, it was such a... The Mary-Kate and Ashley and Pearl Harbor, both were such <laughs> phenomenons. And it's, it's weird because usually when somebody, I was at Sundance uh, years and years ago and um, getting a coffee in the morning. And you're kind of used to, I mean, it's an industry event. And, you know, Hollywood, New York, just take over that town for, for 10 days. So, you know, you're used to seeing people you've worked with before or, you know, biggies in the industry and you're used to all that. My wife and I go into this coffee shop and we order coffee and the guy behind the counter kind of froze up and freaked out a little bit. And we both looked around. We, we actually thought like maybe the place was getting robbed or there was something <laughs> like that. Was that big of a reaction. And he was like, winning London and Pearl Harbor. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> those two things. Yes, yes, those two things. And it was, it was like, uh, awesome, okay. And so, uh, and you know, and you've got a room full of industry people who are like, who's this guy? It was like the most famous I've ever been for, fifth, for like a minute and a half. Uh, <laughs> it was really wild. But yeah, those two projects. Um, just really grip the imagination of the, mm-hmm. of the people. Apparently, I'm glad they stick. That's it's 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 not every actor who can look back and be like, huh? People know that, like really know that, you know. And and um, to have those two things, even though even though they're kind of goofy, having those two things be be real standouts is 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 it's really satisfying. It's, it's, it, yeah, it, it's something to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned a lot of things so far that you've done, but do you have like a favorite thing that you've ever done? Is there something that stands out like top of the list? Even if we didn't mention it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's tough. Um, I, I actually have a very difficult time coming up with anything like that, actually, because... We, you know, we can't pick was, favorites of anything. <laughs> it was like the big, big thing, right? That was, that was three years of life and, 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 uh, 
and it's got to be, I've got to believe it's the thing that I'm, I'm most known for. And, and, you know, it's certainly the most time that I've been on a single show. So, so I think it's easy to call that one the favorite, but then there are these really cool other things that I've done. Like I did a uh, movie a few years ago called Squirrel and it's not even technically available for everybody yet, but it was so great to shoot because the, the directing team was really great. And, and, uh, uh, the crew again was really fantastic and, and, and everybody on that project was just, uh, became friends. And it, it, it was just, it was just a really great thing to shoot on. And then, uh, and then there's, there's a project that we did, uh, in 2014 called fun size horror. And that was really, really great too, because that was community filmmaking. Um, when, when the project first started, it was just, we're all sitting around waiting for permission. How about if we don't wait for permission and we just help each other out and we make some short movies. And so that was a really awesome experience and something really cool to be a part of. And as, you know, as a filmmaker, not to get too like pretentious about it, but so much of an actor or a producer's life is spent either waiting for financing or waiting for somebody else to say it's okay to do something. Mm. And it was really great to be with a group of people who, who were just like, oh, we can do something. We're going to do something. And then it turned into what it turned into where, you know, it got broadcast on Hulu and Amazon Prime and there were three seasons of it. And, and uh, the creator of that, Zeke Pinero, uh, he, he continues to do stuff. He's got, he's got a new like creature feature style show that he's doing with it. So hard to pick a favorite because there are these, there are these things that stand as, as these, these pillars uh, of, of awesomeness. And it's like, uh, do I pick the one that's like just cool for me or do I pick the one that's also like just really neat for the community? It's, it's hard to pick. And I think that just goes to show what kind of career you had like, that's mm -hmm. that you can't pick. Uh, my wife likes to say I'm a golden child. Um, things, things tend to, things tend to go pretty well for me uh, if, uh, if they go. And so <laughs> it's been, it's been a really good ride. It's been, a ride. yeah. So then you mentioned that you're going to go to all those comic cons for toys. How did you get involved and started with that? Oh yeah. So, okay. So uh, acting went really well until about 2015. Like I said, 16 until I was 26. And then uh, I didn't look like a kid anymore. So casting got weird so decided to start producing because that's what you do right you're either going to direct or produce you gotta gotta keep things going um made a really bad horror movie in 2015 or 2005 and then started doing like music videos and commercials and things like that um and along with all of that did like some side project writing um a couple scripts here and there short stories things like that. Nothing, nothing major. Didn't really, didn't really know where that was going to go. It was just kind of a thing that I did out of necessity while I was doing these other projects because you need to, things got to get done. <laughs> so, um, so after the producing phase was over and I got back into just wanting to be on camera talent again, um, I was supplementing my acting habit by uh, consulting about marketing with financial professionals. So I was, doing that and and it was kind of draining um and a buddy of mine who is a sculptor in the toy world was like hey i know that you don't like that day job thing you're doing 
um, and it happens that there is this guy starting a new toy company and he needs help fleshing out some of his concepts and uh, you should submit. And I was like, I don't know. It's, there's a lot going on right now. I don't know. And he was like, no, seriously, you should submit. So Kevin Garcia, thank you very much for persisting uh, because uh, between you and Renee, that's the only reason. <laughs> So uh -huh. managed to go. Um, but uh, so reached out, uh, sent some writing samples, and um, our founder, Ryan Magnan, was like, these are great. Help me build these concepts. So originally, I was just doing a writing gig. It was come up with some background material, help us round out some of these concept things so we can test them with the kids. And, you know, art imitating life a little bit here. I was, have always been a geek or nerd or whatever you want to call it, uh, whether it be my love of comic books, toy collecting in and of itself. Um, uh, Henry, Henry Cavill has talked about it now. So like it's, it's, a, it's a touchstone that I can actually mention. I've been a Warhammer 40,000 player and <laughs> e player for a very long time. Um, and, so, uh, and so when the opportunity came up to kind of work for a toy company, it was like, all right, all right. I can't get too excited about this because like, it's cool, it's cool, but like, it's a gig, it's a gig. It's been <laughs> for a few months, and then, so just enjoy it while you're doing it, and it'll be cool. But it turns out that all those years of collecting and uh, <laughs> toy buying and all of that gave me a lot of subconscious knowledge about the toy industry and manufacturing and and uh, and, and what goes into building a toy. And, and so as... Uh, Ryan and I started having more and more conversations. He was like, you want to stick around? And I was like, yeah, I want to stick around. He was like, <laughs> how about being a partner? And I was like, totally be a partner. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that it kind of went almost that simple. And so, yeah, we launched, uh, we launched alternation last year Ooh. and, uh, and now they're out on shelves and, and, uh, ready to go. So there's, they're action figures. Um, and uh, they have action features just like they used to back in the 90s. So again, kicking it 90s old school again. Yes, uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they each come with a mini comic book uh, just like they used to. And uh, we've got a deal with Dark Horse Comics. They're doing our big graphic novel and, and uh, we made some webisodes for YouTube with Little Critters Workshop, which is a great animation studio. And right now we're trying to lock down the deal for the, uh, for the full normal animation. So yeah, so the last couple of years of my life have been uh, mostly working Panamony toys. And then every once in a while, when the opportunity comes up, I'll, I'll still do, a, still do a, a movie or a commercial or a show here and there. So yeah. That's, so That's cool. awesome. That's like the dream. You loved, you loved action figures. Now you get to work with them. My inner nine-year-old just every morning just kind of, yeah. goes, ah! <laughs> oh my God, that. it really is. It really is. It's, um, I can't complain. I really can't. Cause if I will, um, people would have every right to beat me with sticks. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty darn cool. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Any other thing, Grace? Because I, I don't, not that I have. Do, should we ask some like 90s favorites? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, yeah, this is when it gets weird because I feel like by the time the 90s rocked around, 
like, yeah, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, we do, like, what was, like, a TV show that you loved to watch? Oh, man. It's so hard to pick favorites, so if you have Yeah, well, we, this, we never pick just one. Because, like, a lot of my memories are starting to get, you know, 40s have been, have been interesting. Um, I slept wrong on my arm, and it's been sore for three days. Um, so, you know, like, <laughs> these are things that happen now. And now I'm not sure what was the 80s and what was the 90s anymore. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we'll we'll count anything. Um, but um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air stands out. Oh, the I love that show. Right? And then you had, like, Perfect Strangers again and Family Matters before. Yeah. I, I don't want to get down on Steve Urkel because, you know, Jaleel White, very good in that. There's a reason they brought him and made him a solid part of the show. I, I just remember enjoying it more before Urkel was every episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but really, when it came down to it, like, full geek training, I was, I was all up in the the Star Trek series that were going on okay. and um, never quite got into the, the uh, Xena or Hercules stuff, but mm. I watched a lot of syndicated shows. Um, and so, yeah, like even some of the Canadian stuff and, and, uh, and stuff coming over from, from England, it's, I can't even remember the, the titles to be able to call myself out, but yeah. So that was <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and then in the 90s, especially the late 90s, I had a, a, a huge fascination with, with bubblegum pop. So Spice Girls and Britney Spears were uh, in constant rotation, constant. Uh, uh, and I was working with Disney at the time <clears throat> and doing a puppet show um, that would travel to schools. And one of the characters had yellow yarn hair and uh, we did Hit Me Baby One More Time with that Muppet. Well, I can't, can't say Muppet, but Muppet style puppet. And that was, that was pretty awesome. So, oh. um, so yeah. Please tell me there's a video of this somewhere. <laughs> no, it was before the phone. So <laughs> it was one of those things that just kind of existed in that time and then it was gone. Um, I actually missed that too, because there were, there were things that they had been caught on camera. That would be, that would not be great. <laughs> uh, dang it, that's one that we need. I know, right? <laughs> uh, whenever you were like getting into acting and everything, did you have like a dream show you would be on or like a dream actor to work with? No, I'm totally boring. Um, I was always really happy to work at all yeah. because it was, it was really hammered in early, you know, you because I, especially because I, I got really fortunate right off the bat, it got hammered home to me, work is not permanent. Now, I forgot about that in my early 20s when it felt like it was permanent, when, you know, it was every couple of weeks and, you know, set to set to set to set. But, um, but when, I was, when I was younger, it was, it was always, you, you never know when it's going to stop. So you got to enjoy everything. Um, the actors that I wanted to work with always changed based on like what was cool and popular at the time. Um, but one that sticks out was uh, Christopher Walken. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. So one of the standouts in my memory was wanting to work with Christopher Walken. 
Yeah. And a lot of that stemmed from uh, my buddy, Jeff Garvin, who, who's an author. Uh, he just had a book released yesterday, actually. Uh, the Lightness of Hands, go buy it. Um, but uh, uh, he used to do this crazy good Christopher Walken impression. Now it's changed over the decades and now it's a cartoon of what Christopher Walken was. But at that time, it was spot on. Like pick up a phone, convince people he's Christopher Walken kind of thing. Um, and so there was always in the back of my head, I want to work with Christopher Walken. And then I did Envy back in 2003 and all of everything I did was with Christopher Walken. And I was like, it's done. It's done. We've, we've done it. It's all over now. That's I don't amazing. have to, I don't have to rack anything up. And, and that was such a, such a, yeah. Christopher Walken is a very interesting dude. He's a very, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I mean, he knows there's an aura of like mystique that goes along with him and he's not, he's not blind to it. And he's a very friendly person. Um, but one of my favorite industry stories ever is going into the makeup room first night of, of Envy and he was in makeup next to me and the whole trailer because the makeup trailer is usually bustling with activity it's it's the center of gossip it's um it's where all the fun stuff is going on you know it's it's, it's the makeup trailer the makeup and hair trailer is usually a really good time um and everyone's just kind of kind of chill kind of not i don't want to say on edge because it wasn't like oh but it was just like it was tense in a non-bad way and um all of a sudden a PA comes in and puts down, puts down a, a, a cup of tea and says, uh, Mr. Walken, here's your tea. He says, thank you. He looks around to everybody. Tea makes me pee. And it broke the tension and everybody just started laughing yeah. their asses off. And so the trailer is now just, just full of, it, it, it it made everybody feel comfortable. And so after that, all of a sudden, it was back to being a normal makeup trailer where everybody's talking and, and gossiping and, and telling jokes. And yeah, it was just a really good time. Oh. Really and I have a, a buddy of mine. This is not a firsthand story. So this is a hearsay story, but I think it's worth telling because it's really funny. A buddy of mine was, was working on another film that he was doing, and I don't remember which one. But somebody at craft service where they've got all the snacks for the show um, had given him a juice box. And apparently it was the first time he had ever had a juice box. And he was like, this is a great, this is great. Has, has everyone tried a juice box? This is great. And so people were just kind of bewildered that he was so like surprised about a juice box. Well, the next day, this forklift comes in with a pallet of those juice boxes. And he says, everybody's gotta come get a juice box. These are great juice boxes. <laughs> he bought like a Costco pallet of juice boxes for oh, the set. So like, even if it's not true, I could see it being true because he's that, he just, he's that kind of guy. But uh, so yeah. I yeah. hope that's true. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Zach, I, I don't know Zach to be a liar. I don't see any reason why he would, so I'm, <laughs> it is true which is why i feel comfortable telling it in a public setting but <laughs> that would be such a specific story to make up if it was yeah right, exactly right like 
Who's going to go around and be like, I don't know. Chris, we're walking in a juice box. That's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> However, assuming it is true, that means I could be like Christopher Walken. One time he tossed me a thing of pomade just <laughs> randomly down the street. Said, pomade. And it, it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true, by the way. He never threw me a can of pomade. <laughs> it did not happen. Uh, Grace, anything else that you have? That's all I got. Thank you so much for doing this and coming on. Um, is there a website or anywhere where people can find the toys that you're creating? Or Absolutely. Alternation.toys. We made it super, super simple. Yeah. And then they can find, I mean, I'm everywhere as Curtis Anderson on, on the socials and everything. So, so yeah. Yeah. We'll, yes, we'll link all of it. Lots and lots of toys. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> It's like perfect for our demographic 90s, yeah. early 2000s. Awesome. Like, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, yeah. well, this is a lot of fun. Thank you both very much. It's, it's always nice to do these. And, and uh, if it ever comes up that uh, we need to do it again, let me know. Happy to do it. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Another huge thank you to Curtis for coming on. Yes, that was so much fun. I, I feel like we, he's another one that we just could have listened to his awesome stories and just chatted with him all day. And I totally want to check out his website for the toy company that he works with. Oh my gosh, yeah, we're going to post, we'll like link the website, his social media and everything in case it's easier for you guys to just find it that way. Yeah, he, sh he showed us some um, on the Zoom call, and they honestly look awesome. So make sure you guys check that out. But yeah, we'll link all of his information um, so you guys can check out his social media and then check out the website as well. And you guys, we say it every week, but you guys know where to find us. Instagram and Twitter at BTTB Podcast. Facebook and TikTok at Back to the Best. Our YouTube.com slash Back to the Best. And our website, BTTBpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And of, of course, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. And we'll see you. We'll see you again on Monday for another quarantine highlight episode. Yes. So tune in next time where we are going to keep taking you. Back to the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.